Hello and welcome to Mastermind Growth, where we share the wisdom, the insights and the stories from business owners. My name is John Cashier-Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. I'm your local Federation of Small Businesses membership advisor, meeting and supporting local businesses. Today we have John with us. Hello, John. Hello, John. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to do this. I know life gets busy. Yep. That's uh, more than happy. Uh, I've been an FSB member now for many years and uh, support the organisation. And, uh, and uh, you know, in these uh, uncertain times, it's uh, great to uh, get some views from other points uh, of the triangle and see if we can all uh, get along a little bit better. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons I started the podcast was to, to share insights, stories and um, thoughts about business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, business can be a lonely place at times and uh, these sorts of things enable people to, uh, to get a little bit of, uh, bit of stickiness together, share some uh, issues because we've, uh, even the most successful businesses have issues from time to time, don't they? They do, indeed. So tell us about your business, John. What do you do? Oh, well, BBX is a business community. We started it, uh, well, I started it 31 years ago. And um, it's it's all about scratching one another's backs here in the UK to buy locally, to buy British, but to buy from another small to medium-sized business rather than the big guys. So uh, a little bit like the FSB uh, is getting together to get a better result, whether that's to grow the business or to get a better lifestyle from it or to exit it with, uh, with more revenue at the end of the given period of time. Excellent. It sounds like everyone benefits from that. Uh, before we, we dive a little bit more into that philosophy, I'd love to find out a little bit about your story, your background. Are you happy to share that with us? Yeah, sure. So uh, as I say, 31 years ago, uh, people said to me business was easy. And during World Expo, which is where all the countries in the world get together, it was in Brisbane in 1988. I had a car rental business at the time and uh, we made more money than you could poke a stick at. We went uh, 10 months of the year with more than 100% occupancy. Wow. So as fast as the cars came in, out they went again. So uh, what a great business. Fast forward a year and uh, everything's going fine until something smacks you in the face. And uh, in this case, it was a uh, Australia-wide uh, pilots dispute that ended up in a strike where every single commercial air- aircraft in Australia uh, was grounded for five months. So you can imagine in the car rental business when you're relying on inbound uh, tourists to uh, get off and a plane and rent a car, that represented a bit of a challenge. In month two of this, we rented one car for one week. So you can imagine we still had all the overhead there, uh, the, the lease payments, the um, the wages to the staff and, and the overhead from the, prop, uh, the premises, but we had no revenue. So I got together with 50 of my local business people uh, and they truly were the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, uh, hoteliers and restaurateurs and accountants and solicitors and, and garage mechanics from all walks of life, and we got together and formed a buying community that agreed to buy from one another using a digital trade credit to enable each other to uh, to buy and sell because we didn't have any Aussie dollars. So expand that on that idea 31 years and 30-odd countries and nearly half a million in our direct and indirect network later, that's where we are today. Well, that sounds so exciting. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that story at the moment. Yeah, and uh, there's been a lot of things that have helped us. You know, we started off in the old days with checkbooks. So, uh, you know, I had two people in opening mail. Uh, that was their full-time job. So, 
with the advent of apps and uh, technology and mobile phones and uh, the internet, uh, it makes it a whole lot more scalable. Yes. I can understand why you'll, you set the business up in a way that you do sort of buy, buy from small to medium sized businesses. Yes. So it's aimed at that market, mainly because we can actually go and speak to the owner of the business. Yeah, when you get into the bigger end of town, you know, you know, it filters down into managers who, you know, it's it's a bizarre thing, but they're empowered to do work, but it, uh, but not to make decisions. And so uh, there's no reason why bigger businesses uh, don't play with us in more abundance. It's just that uh, uh, getting to talk to the decision maker has always been the issue. Yes. I, I think that human touch makes a difference. And... Uh, and that's another thing, uh, you know, during COVID, we've, we've, most of our people would go and have a one-to-one -one meeting with the business owner, have a look in their premises, uh, see what their issues are, see if we can help. A little bit like the FSB advisors yes. uh, come in, see if we can provide a solution. But that's all, of course, gone out the window. We've all gone online, online nowadays through Zoom meetings. <laughs> so what changes have you seen over the last 20 years within um, businesses? Well, there's been a lot of things. I think the advent of networking, I think, is really proliferated. And uh, uh, one thing that's really stepped up because of COVID is uh, people have been forced online, haven't they? Yes. So where you, where you got up at four o'clock in the morning and uh, went off to your networking event and had a lousy breakfast and uh, met with people for an hour or so, did some, uh, did some connections, drove home. You know, you're back at work by nine. It was a, you know, a four-hour exercise to meet maybe 10, 20, 30 people, whereas now you can do it all on a Zoom call. So other things that have happened, I think more in, uh, collaboration is a, is a bigger thing now than ever before because you've got the big guys like uh, Amazon, if you're a retailer, that are really knocking on your door trying to take all your customers. So, you know, if, unless you're collaborating with like-minded uh, business owners, then, you know, you, you're at the will of some of the big guys that are far better funded. So, uh, and I think the other thing that's changed is probably um, uh, the ability for people to recognise they should outsource stuff that they're not good at and don't like. And that's one thing that I uh, speak around the world on and, and that, you know, focus on the stuff that you do like, that you are good at, and then that'll give you more time to focus on that activity and uh, outsource the stuff that you don't like and are not good at. Well, I know a lot of business owners, they, they work so hard putting in the time to get everything right, letting go of some of those um, tasks can be challenging. So any tips for them? Yeah, I think it's uh, the learning how to delegate you know, if you, and then recognise what your time is worth. So if, you, um, you know, if you're charging £30 an hour for whatever it is for making widgets and you're not making widgets and you're you know, paying someone else or you're doing it yourself and you're doing a worse job and it's taking you twice as long as an expert would take, um, not only you're not enjoying your life, but it's taking you longer and costing you money. So I think focusing on the fact that where do you make money and, uh, and focus on those areas and put more time in. So I'll, the old uh, Pareto principle, 80-20 rule. So if you're putting in 80% of your time into the 20% of activities that make you the 80% of your money, then you'll get, uh, you'll get ahead uh, compared to the other uh, way, which is to focus equal amount of time on a certain amount of tasks. Now, one of the pleasures of doing the podcast is talking to business owners, which I'm sure you do a lot of. So uh, what have you seen over the last year that the successful business owners have been able to do to sort of save themselves from COVID? 
Well, some interesting um, interesting things. There's the often bandied term pivot, which I hate. Um, if you have to pivot, it means that your plan A wasn't uh, well thought out in the first place, even if despite the hurdles that get in the way. But you need to be nimble. You need to be a little bit agile and have a look a couple of, I've got a, a Bulgarian sock manufacturer. So they make socks with reinforced heels and toes. About a 1.7, 1.8 million pound turnover business normally. Now they've used their mechanism, converted into making PPE products. And when I last spoke to the guy at the end of July, his turnover was up near 4 million and, wow. and he was halfway through the year. So he's used the existing infrastructure, the existing people, the existing machinery, but thought, ah, what's more in demand right now? So he's not changing uh, what he's doing. He's just uh, a little bit more nimble, a little bit more agile, and uh, and he's got a result that's turned out double what it well, be four times what he was doing previously. The impression I get from you is that um, the mindset is key. To, to anything, John. So, you know, it's uh, uh, anybody that thinks that they know it all is someone that's doomed for failure. Anybody that, uh, that doesn't surround themselves with uh, great people that thinks that they're the king and they should lead everything is deluded. Uh, all you're doing is uh, running around in an environment that, uh, that you're never, ever going to get uh, better at. Look at uh, Jamie Vardy. Uh, the Leicester City striker. Here he was running around in National League. Now, I, if I was a defender back in those days, I must have been terrified. But as he's come up through the grades and he's surrounding himself with better people, look what's happened to his result. And, you know, personal net worth of £10 million pounds later, uh, it, there's a great example of a guy who surrounds himself with better people and gets a better result. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of um, people shy away from because uh, not necessarily ego, but they feel th threatened. Well, not only that, John, they feel threatened perhaps, but they also feel comfortable. Mm. And like anything, when you get in a comfort zone, you coast. Now, whether that's a salesperson that's paid a nice fat salary, you know, they never ever perform like someone that's on a commission basis or an outcome basis. So uh, that's all, that's more, I think, the, uh, the issue. Some people get in the comfort zone and, uh, and you get a far less result than what... Uh, you would get if you're in a more uh, challenging environment. Excellent. And I know you shared, shared lots of tips with us, but what would be your top three tips for uh, running a business? Um, so anybody starting or the next stage is scaling or the final stage is exiting uh, a business to start with the end in mind. Um, now, now it sounds, you've probably heard it before, but would you go on holidays if you didn't know where you were going? So, uh, people put a lot of time and planning into their holiday. They know where they're going. They know what the restaurant is. They know where the bits and pieces are. They've read all the reviews. So why not start your own business? An example of that, if, you know, I've seen businesses start in someone's backyard. Uh, take uh, a business like uh, Facebook. That started in the boys' garage. Now, can you imagine if you started a thing called uh, facebooklocal.com or facebooklocal? Uh, .co.uk. So I'm sure they had a bigger vision. So it was Facebook and it's a .com address, not a local address, if you have intentions of being global. Just dumb stuff like that. Um, the next uh, tip would be to do something with spare capacity. Now, spare capacity is the ability to take on more customers without increasing fixed overhead. So an example we use is a hotel. It's got 100 rooms. It's, um, it sells them for £100 a night. 
and it's got 50% occupancy. So that tells me that there's 5,000 of revenue coming in every day, but what about the 5,000 that's not with an empty bedroom? So do something with your spare capacity. Measure it first so you know what it is. So if you're busy every minute of every day and you've charged your regular price, what would that be? And then work out what the gap is. So do something with that spare capacity to turn it into some value because that's the biggest hidden asset that every business has. And then the last tip I'd say was uh, understand buying motivations. How many times, John, have you been into a restaurant and they ask such a dumb question like, how did you like the meal when you've had your first uh, bite? And you say, yeah, yeah, people in the UK particularly, they nod their head. But if they haven't uh, liked the experience, they just won't come back. They won't tell you. No. If, if you're in Australia or the US or someplace, they'd throw a rock at you and you'd certainly know something was going on. But understand the buying motivation, not where they found you, which is such a dumb question. The buying motivation means if the buying motivation, and one of the examples I was working with a restaurant with little pretty flower boxes, they did this uh, exercise for 90 days. 28% of the respondees, mostly women, said that the number one reason that they came and ate in that restaurant today was the pretty flower boxes outside. Now, imagine what that owner was contemplating doing taking away the flower boxes and putting an outside seating area. Yes. If they'd have done that, they would have blamed the weather, Brexit, the US elections, whatever other reason for them failing in their business. So there's a tip. Understand why people come and buy from you, not where they found Fabulous. Well, if somebody needs a blast of enthusiasm and maybe they love the idea of um, getting, getting together and buying from local businesses and smaller businesses, uh, maybe need a speaker for an upcoming conference. How would they contact you, John? Um, my LinkedIn profile, I'm sure you're going to put that on the podcast somewhere, but uh, uh, LinkedIn profile's uh, the great spot. It's got all my contact details on the contact me section. Excellent. We'll put that on our website, as you said. So uh, excellent. Thank you for sharing your passion, your stories and your tips with us, John. It's my pleasure. And anything we can do as uh, small to medium-sized business owners to get a better result, I'm fully in favour of. <laughs> Fabulous, fabulous. So this has been a podcast by business owners for business owners. Until next time, see you soon. See you then, John. Take care. Have a great day. The Federation of Small Businesses with practical help for business owners such as cyber protection. When it comes to cyber risk, FSB cyber protection is more important than ever. Cyber protection gives you access to both the helpline and an insurance designed to support and protect your business at no extra cost. Any questions, contact me at john.cassidy-rice at fsb.org.uk.